We're going to be talking about businesses that are growing strong here in Louisville. That includes startups and established companies on our Fast 50 list. That's next on the Access Louisville podcast. Thanks for joining us. My name is David Mann, and joining me today is Haley Cawthon. Hi there. Allison Steins. Hi. And Jason Thomas. What it is. Access Louisville is a weekly podcast from Louisville Business First. Each week we bring you the latest news and plenty of sharp opinions on what's going on here in Louisville, Kentucky. I want to start us out with a little startup news this week. Uh, Haley, our uh, resident uh, startup reporters, had a lot of interesting stories on some uh, growing companies here in town. And I want to start with this company called Kidvesters. Uh, tell, tell us, Haley, you know, wh- who are Kidvesters and uh, what's the news this week on them? Yeah, so Kidvesters was co-founded by Courtney and Darius Petway. Um, They're two Louisville investors who just pretty recently went full-time in investing in real estate and stocks. Um, And so while they were kind of getting to know the investment market, you know, they thought, why didn't we know this at a much younger age? Um, And and why why isn't financial literacy one of the things that they're teaching kids in school? Um, and so that's where Kidvestors comes in. Um, Darius initially had the idea for a children's book, but really it, it quickly developed into a type of curriculum mm-hmm. for ch- that teaches ages children five through 12, I think it was, um, um, how to invest in real estate stocks, how to get involved in entrepreneurship, how to manage money in ways that kids can understand. So it, it all sounds a little bit intimidating, I would assume, for um, anyone who has any experience in, in investing in stocks. Um, but I, they break it down into a level and turn it into sort of an adventure fun type of a game, like a, a Dora the Explorer for mm-hmm. kiddo investing. <laughs> um, did, did, did you say five-year-old? Yeah. Really my five-year-old has learned the stock right now. We're, we're still on <laughs> dinosaurs. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it looks pretty I, friendly. Yeah, I mean, I saw the, uh, the you know, just the screenshot you had of the, the little animated characters or whatever. And, you know, I could see how it could be kid-friendly. But it's a great question that they raise. Why don't they teach this kind of thing in school? I mean, I feel like a lot of time, I mean, at least when I was growing up, and I think it's gotten better, um, the the curriculum needs to be more focused on things people can do to actually make money in the world and, and investing in real estate and investing in stocks and, and wealth management. I mean, that seems like some, some things that we, you know, should be teaching kids. And, you know, I just wanted to get you all's opinions on that. I mean, do you feel like that kind of curriculum is, I mean, these guys got a good point, right? Yeah. Well, let me jump in first here because I'm the one who's probably closest <laughs> to school to age, school age. Yeah. kids at, at age 28 here. Um, but um, I, I first learned about the stock market in middle school. They had something called a stock market game mm-hmm. where we like could invest in real companies, but not really invest. <laughs> it was a way to, for us to like pick out companies, pretend buy stock and like see how 
they perform on the on the market. So learned about that in middle school. And then I just wanted to throw out like junior achievement would come in and, and teach some some financial literacy and some um, types of, uh, you know, real world preparation, like right. how to write a resume, how to do an interview, like those types of things um, were briefly touched on when I was in high school. So I wouldn't say like it's totally ignored, but I, I definitely didn't learn how to file taxes or anything yeah. in high school, which I thought would, you know, be beneficial down the road. So Yeah. Um, well, Allison, I'm interested to hear your opinion. You got school age kids. Um, you know, is it, are you happy with the amount of curriculum that's donated to, you know, or that's spent on, uh, on financial matters and financial literacy and that sort of thing? I don't think that they've had any type of financial literacy uh, programs in school. Uh, You know, my uh, oldest just hit ninth grade, so she's in high school, and hopefully they'll delve into some of uh, that aspect of, uh, you know, learning how to write a check or how to balance your uh, banking account. I think that would be great. I mean, I'm going to do it. I'm actually about to open up two uh, checking accounts for them so they can uh, get a debit card and learn how to manage some money. But, you know, one of the things I recall when I was in eighth grade, uh, the NTS development came to uh, my class and we had a couple weeks of uh, somebody from NTS coming in, talking to us once a week about about business community. And I really think that that I still remember being in the class, listening to this person speak. I, I can't even recall what the person's name was, but they were from NTS and we got to go on a field trip to visit an empty office building. And (laughs) he uh, was telling us about things you have to think about, you know, what type of business you're starting, what, how much office space do you want? Do you want it to be warehouse? And it's like, I just, I still remember what an effect that had on me in my, you know, work life and thinking about these things. And I, I thought that was a great program that they had, but that was, you know, 35 years ago. Uh, and I do wish they had stuff like that now. To, yeah, that, that sounds interesting. Yeah, like just to talk cool. about like real estate and that sort of thing is a yeah. lot of people end up in those careers, but it's not like they talk about them in, you know, uh, middle and high school or anything. Yeah, so. but that's something that has stuck with me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Jason, how about you? I mean, is this something that, you know, you're kind of looking at, at schools and and that sort of thing now. I mean, you know, how high is that on your list of priorities of things that they're teaching kids? Yeah, it's definitely high, that real world experience. You want them to uh to get a glimpse of that early on, you know, so they so they know what it's like and what the the real world might hold for them someday. But if they start a, a class on Bitcoin though, I might have to draw the line. That's just too <laughs> yeah. Well no, maybe still... we're all gonna need a class on that before it's all over. Definitely. <laughs> I had a similar experience as Allison, you know, we I remember in, you know, even elementary school, um, just having some some area of business folks come in and, you know, talk about their careers and, and kind of explain what, what, what they do. And, you know, I took a, a, a business class and accounting class in high school. So we went over a lot of the, you know, the economic things and, you know, you know, checkbooks and, and balancing all that. So, uh, yeah, it's, I think it's really important. I mean, how many of us, uh, uh, use a geometry that you know <laughs> we right uh, yeah you school, don't use so. geometry as much as you would use something <laughs> like 
practical operation. Right? Or, you know. For any of you in an organization called BPA, uh, Business Professionals of America in high school. No. I, no. I've heard of that organization. Yeah, I have heard of it. It's like um, I, I was in it like my junior and senior year, I think. And um, it was like an extracurricular activity, but it was a way that you could get to know um, the business world a little bit better. And you could eventually like go to state competitions, kind of like, um, you know, academic bowls almost, but for like high school business, yeah. <laughs> young business people. Um, but it was never like um, some kind of mandated coursework that we ever had to do. It was kind of just an extracurricular after school right. activity that we could do. And there is this kind of curriculum there with, um, like you mentioned, junior achievement. Um, and, and that's, an, you know, that's extracurricular. Um, but uh, there, there is some of that. I just feel like it's not in the spotlight. It's kind of off to the side. Um, the one uh, industry I remember connecting with in, you know, middle and high school was journalism, because I remember taking field trips to the local newspaper and taking a field trip to the Courier Journal. And, um, and even in high school, we had a newspaper and you could quote unquote work there. And, uh, you know, we didn't make any money or anything, but, uh, you know, we, we put together a product and we had people who had jobs and positions like reporter and photographer and editor and, and that sort of thing. So I think like journalism was always kind of baked into, um, to schools that way. Like that was like a career path kind of thing, but, um, I'm glad to see that schools now, I know JCP, JCPS has been focused more on career pathways. Like that's been a, a big focus, uh, for them. So I'm glad to see that because I just want to, you know, I think we just need to be training the workforce to, you know, be answering tomorrow's challenges. And, you know, maybe that is a class on Bitcoin, but uh, I guess we'll, we'll see the jury's going to bust at some point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we have a lot of conversations about Bitcoin and its future viability. Uh, I'm a curmudgeon who thinks it's, uh, it's, it's a, it's all going to bust at some point, but, but then again, I'm like watching the baseball playoffs and they're like advertising Bitcoin, um, you know, Bitcoin currencies that you can buy. And like Tom Brady is doing like a Bitcoin um, commercial uh, or not Bitcoin, but a, a cryptocurrency commercial. Um, but, uh, you know, we, it's should, like... we should have a podcast um, just like a Bitcoin podcast Call it Believers in Bitcoin and talk to people who like actually think it's a smart investment and why. <laughs> I want to do that podcast so I can express all my skeptical views and they can set me straight. But okay. anyway, we'll switch gears from, uh, from Kidvestors. That's a cool company. Very exciting. I guess the news was they got to talk to one of their uh, Shark Tank uh, folks. Yeah, they, the news there was that they got a $25,000 check from NAACP and JP Morgan uh, Wealth Management. Um, but the, the person who presented them, at least virtually, their check was Damon John, uh, who is a regular Shark Tank investor, um, which he's not an investor in the company yet, but he did say that he was going to buy the product for his But daughter. he liked the product. Yes, so. he liked the product. So, you know, that's the seal of approval right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and it was, we'll switch gears. We'll talk about another startup that Haley was just writing about recently, Behave VR. Uh, what's it do and what, what's the latest on them? Yeah, Behave VR um, is a digital therapeutics company using virtual reality to, um, in, in previous years that we've written about them, they've been focused on um, chronic pain, addiction, and stress. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and most recently, um, they're delving into um, digital therapeutics and wellness products for the treatment of social anxiety, generalized anxiety, and major depressive disorders. So um, those are obviously um, mental illnesses that affect, you know, large amounts of American, I think right. even more so after the COVID-19 pandemic, you know, um, those types of mental health struggles just kind of skyrocketed. So um, that's what they're doing now. Um, and they're they're delving into that thanks to a pretty big deal um, that could result in up to 140 million upon its commercial success and implementation. Yeah. So I'm a, a, a gadget person and I've also... Um, I've also had anxiety. I don't, I've never been diagnosed per se, but I've definitely have some level of generalized anxiety. Um, and so I would love to see how the company can use VR to uh, address and, and, you know, provide therapies for anxiety. I think that sounds like a really interesting thing to do. Have any of you guys played around with VR and uh, do you, can you see it in any ways that could, it could help in anxiety? Um, I, I would say that it is increased my anxiety, at least until I got used to it. Um, you know, uh, I remember I was playing this one game, um, you're fighting a bunch of robots and it's cartoony and funny. It's not scary, but you're like, you know, you're using like some guns to shoot off these, atta- these robots that have gone rogue and they're attacking you. And I remember like, I'm shooting them, shooting them, shooting them. I turn around. There's one right here a foot away from me. And it scared the bejesus out of me. Um, and, you know, just made me jump. So I can say there's a little anxiety. That's not the, you know. Um, and plus, that is not I, the behavior. That is not the behavior, behavior experience. Let's be clear about uh, that. That was the Epic Games experience, I believe. Um, I think, uh, I think there was also, I had some anxiety about just putting it on because people would say, you, you lose track of time in there. You, you get motion sick in there. So I had that kind of anxiety about it, but I don't know. I just wanted to see, have you guys had a chance to play with VR and can you kind of see this, you know, how this could be helpful? Um, I, I am not a big VR person, although my husband is also into video games. Um, <laughs> but I, I thought it could be applicable, um, you know, just thinking about what virtual reality, virtual reality could do. Um, you know, as someone who has also had anxiety and been diagnosed with it, um, I, I tend to lean towards like books and other, um, it's not virtual realities, but it's alternative realities, right? Um, right. To, to kind of just like ease my stress levels and like mellow myself out by, you know, escaping to a fantasy world every once in a while. But I don't think that's necessarily what behavior does, um, because, um, I think each program um, involves education, mindfulness, and visualization to help people comfort and address their traumas, triggers, and fears in the comfort of a safe space. And that sounds like it's much more like targeted work versus just escaping, which is what I would think <laughs> that I would right. want out of a product. I could see that, like using some kind of music or visuals in order to like, uh, I guess, just kind of make you focus on, you know, whatever you're, you're there to focus on. So like a, a float tank, those, have you ever seen those? Exactly. Oh, yeah. No. Again, something that would give me anxiety. Because, yeah, you know, for I'm, sure. I'm so totally. claustrophobic. Like I'm a little claustrophobic. <laughs> yes. I'm not super claustrophobic, but I don't not know if I'd want to be in there. <laughs> like me. 
Oh, that sounds awful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yes. didn't want to say it because I know <laughs> Allison, you, you know, you don't like elevators and that sort of thing. But um, so <laughs> I, I'm not as you know that that sounds kind of you know scary to me. But anyway, um, all right. Well, these are just a couple of the latest startup stories. It's you know kind of come across our desk. Haley, you got more though, right? Right. Um, we have a new platform in case you haven't heard of it yet. Um, it's called KYNO and that's pretty much most of my coverage area right now is on startups, entrepreneurs, innovation happening across Kentucky and Southern Indiana. Um, we also have a weekly newsletter that people can sign up for. It's totally free. Um, and if you're interested in that, you can go to KentuckyNO.com and um, you should be able to find a sign up link there. So yeah, right. check it out. Yeah, good resource if you're in the startup ecosystem for sure, um, or just a watcher of it. Uh, switch gears here. We'll talk a bit about Fast Fifty. That's uh, you know one of our kind of classic products we've been you know that's been going on for a long time. Uh, Allison, uh, the Fast Fifty list. We look at the uh, the fastest growing companies in Louisville. It seemed like there were a lot of new companies on the list. I just wanted to get your take on that. Yeah, uh, there were 23 companies that were new to the list this year. Now, some of them have been on the list before, but fell right. off over the past few years and have come back this year. And the one thing that I thought was a little interesting about it, looking at it, it was, you know, like manufacturing, logistics, healthcare, and financial. And those were some of the new companies that came in. Uh, and I can see during the pandemic, how those uh, places could grow. So that, it totally makes sense with the type of companies that were new to the list. I was really surprised and really excited. Rainbow Blossom, you know, retailer, right. they have five locations. They made it on the list this year. So, you know, you, I know that restaurants and retail struggled uh, in 2020, and I was really happy to see them uh, make it on the list. Yeah, I love to see consumer-facing businesses like that do well. Um, obviously, the pandemic was, um, you know, it was tough for a lot of people. Not for grocery stores, though. <laughs> it seems like uh, grocery stores had a uh, a nice pandemic <laughs> because uh, uh, Kroger, I know, had had, uh, had reported sale. some, yeah, some record yeah. sales and that sort of thing. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, do you think that's? Did you see a lot of shift related to? Um, uh, the pandemic, um, the top company, CRG Automation, they work, you know, with the e-commerce sector a lot, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, you know, and I, I still am amazed at their growth. They had over 2000% growth from 2018 to 2020. I mean, that is, that's amazing. And the next company down uh, was uh, Heirloom Traditions Paint, and they uh, make paint, Right, uh, like custom paint, and I mean, and you know, people were going out, uh, wanting to uh, fix like, up their house during the home improvement so. was a a big <laughs> pandemic thing to do because a lot of people and were stuck at home. So they were they had over a thousand percent growth. I mean, that's yeah. just that's just so amazing. Yeah, and wh where were they from? Was it Taylorsville? Yeah, they're in Taylorsville. They uh, moved into a headquarters there a couple years ago, and they've actually have started to do plans to uh, even expand that uh, space further. 
Yeah. And we had an executive from the company on the stage uh, for our event. And she kind of made that same comment that uh, people were sitting around their houses, staring at their walls and, you know, ready to update them with a fresh coat of paint. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, you can find the entire Fast 50 on our website. Uh, and like we said, we had a uh, an event. It was good to be back in person uh, for uh, yeah. for a nice celebration. That was my first business first event um, since um, February 2020, I think, uh, right before the pandemic. Although I have missed a few. I know that we had a few that um, I didn't make it to for for a couple of different reasons. Um, mostly they were in the morning and I'm our morning person. So, uh, so I had some other duties to do, um, switch here. One last final topic. I just had to throw a little restaurant talk in here since that's usually, you know, we're, we're usually down for some restaurant talk here. Uh, first story one I wrote was about Jersey Mike's, the sub shop, um, that has a new location on Poplar level road. Uh, Jason, I bet you're excited about that, right? I am. Yes. It's near my house and I am a big fan of Jersey Mike's probably my favorite sub place for sure. I highly recommend the Philly cheesesteak. It's yummy. I love a good <laughs> Philly cheesesteak. So yeah. Um, and I was just, and I think we've actually talked about Jersey Mike's here before. Um, I think I say every time, Oh yeah, check that out. Yeah, check it out. I never do. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'll do that. And then Jason, you had some more restaurant news, green district. Yes, a chain, and we've had Jordan Depke on the show. <laughs> yeah. Daily, you know, we did an interview. Uh, they got a, a couple of new locations too, right? Yes. Yeah. Your, your healthy option is, is increasing. And Jordan was a uh, 40 under 40 honoree mm-hmm. last month too. So yeah, they're opening two locations. Uh, the first one January next year will open uh, in Brownsboro crossing center on Von Almond court uh, in Louisville off the Gene Snyder. So uh That'll be about a 1,500 square foot space. And then they're crossing the river for the next one over in Jeffersonville at uh, 4227 Town Center Boulevard. It's off Veterans Parkway where a lot of the uh, restaurants are popping up there. So it's right. also 1,500 square foot space. Yep. Right off the to, interstate to, there. To jump oh. in there on the, the restaurants there, you've got Torchy's Tacos, Chicken Salad Chick. Mm-hmm. Um, I think What's there was that? another one protein place it's like a healthy protein or something i can't remember the name of it are you talking at jefferson town center you have yeah, all this yeah wow yeah it's really developed if you guys haven't been over there i mean traffic is kind of horrendous on veterans parkway these days especially yeah. on the weekends but like torchy's tacos is legit um <laughs> i'm Let not me a tell y'all. salad but <laughs> yeah let me tell y'all about the jefferson town center okay so i worked in jeffersonville way back in like 2007 ish. And, um, it was right as the, um, kind of, it, well, I guess it was a little later. It was right as the recession was happening and, and, uh, and the Clarksville side of Veterans Parkway developed very fast. And then Jeff had a hard time getting anything to develop. And it became the big political issue in Jeffersonville. Why does Clarksville have all this cool stuff and Jeffersonville doesn't? And that was the issue for, for a good couple of years. And, you know, a lot of that, 
um, you know, was the recession because the recession pulled a lot of capital out of uh, new development. And that's why that didn't develop that fast. Uh, but now it, it has developed and it's become a, you know, very popular place for restaurants. Tides have turned indeed. Well, the TJ Maxx went from Clarksville to Jeffersonville, right? By where all these right. restaurants are we're talking about. And I, I stand corrected. The protein, whatever place I was talking about is on the Clarksville side over by the Target and stuff. So that's, yeah. I, I got my uh, lines crossed there because you're right. You know, it's, it's kind of interesting how, these developments kind of mirror each other. It started in Clarksville, but now it's kind of migrating over to Jeffersonville. I guess they finally opened up the Jeffersonville side for development. Yeah, uh, it did. The thing is, I think these politicos in Jeff and Clarksville don't realize that consumers don't care if it's in Jeff or Clarksville. They just want stuff to go to. So, uh, it's on Veterans Parkway. We don't really care who's in charge of that part of Veterans Parkway. We just want cool (laughs) stuff to go to. So, uh, that's it for this week's show. Um, before we go, we'll go around the room here and you guys can share your social media handles and where people can find you online. Um, Haley, I'll start with you on this one. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at BF Lou Haley or on LinkedIn under my name, Haley Coffin. All right. Allison, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at BF Lou Allison and make sure to check out. I have a little blue check mark now. Uh, Ooh. I am and you can Liberty. find me at LinkedIn at Allison Steins. Jason, where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter at Scoop Thomas and Instagram at Scoop Thomas. And I am active on LinkedIn under my name, Jason Thomas. All right. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAN3001. And you can find me on LinkedIn, of course, uh, at under my name, David A. Mann. Um, if you like the show, you can find it on popular podcast services, including Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, Stitcher, and so on and so forth. Uh, thank you very much, Jason, Haley, and Allison. Thank you guys for listening to us at home, and we will see you next time. Bye.